0: Phil 3:17 to 4 one Luke 9 28-36. The second Sunday of Lent, we come to the stunning event of the Transfiguration. This is celebrated as one of the greatest feasts of the Eastern Church. We, in the West, unfortunately don't pay enough attention to this in our liturgy. One author I read pondered whether it was the case because people feel this is an event for Jesus, but it says nothing to me. Far from it, this is everything to say to us. But in our favour, One of the most famous homilies on the Transfiguration was preached by Pope Leo the Great, in the 5th century. He says the particular reason for this event was so that Jesus could remove the scandal of the cross from the hearts of the disciples. But what is the cross? The cross is the event or the instrument that threatens our freedom, our happiness, our security. The cross is the suffering that we face in our lives. By this, I don't mean any and all kinds of suffering. And certainly, don't imply that suffering is good. But there are things in our life that we sometimes can't overcome. The death of someone we love, a health condition, a relationship breakdown, or even bigger. Two weeks ago, Ukrainians and Russians were living normal lives like ours. Today, everything has changed. In front of these events, only God can save us from them. Many times, God does save us when we call to Him, by setting us free of the dangers that we face. Sometimes, though, He wants to save us through these events, making us something new in the process. That is why, Paul says in the second reading. There are many who are behaving as the enemies of the cross of Christ. They are destined to be lost. Then he continues, for us, our homeland is in heaven, and from heaven comes the Savior we are waiting for, the Lord Jesus Christ, and He will transfigure these wretched bodies of ours into copies of His glorious body. He will do that by the same power with which He can subdue the whole universe. There is nothing lacking in God's power which He is willing to use for us, Paul says, it's the very power which can subdue the whole universe, that is what God has for us. This is certainly the situation in the Gospel. Jesus has just predicted His passion and it has come as a shock to the disciples. Till now, everything was going so well, everyone loved Jesus, they were practically celebrities. And suddenly, Jesus says He will die on a cross. Other than this being the most feared form of execution in the ancient world, for a Jew, one who died on the cross bore the curse of God. Whatever he was, he certainly could not be the Messiah. Yet, Jesus was saying this was how things were going to end. It leaves the disciples in complete crisis. And in response to this, what do they do? They go to sleep. Jesus takes them up Mount Tabor to prepare them, and they are found sleeping. This sleep, I want to suggest you might not be simply because of their physical exhaustion or laziness. When Luke speaks of them sleeping again in the other mountain of Jesus' agony they will climb, he says, they were sleeping from grief. This sleep is a form of escapism. We all do this when faced with suffering. We want to run away or pretend that it's not happening. We sleep, we soothe our senses with whatever is comfortable. But this sleep is also a symbol of the sadness that can invade our lives when we suffer. Sometimes we go through something severe and our life can shut down. We all know people who grieve a great loss, and they are unable to get over it. Something within them seems to have died. When we shut down, we are not fully alive anymore. And in response to the disciples' predicament, Jesus takes them up Mount Tabor, allowing them to enter His own prayer to the Father. Tabor is situated in the north and from there you can actually see most of Israel. It is as if Jesus takes them up, to give them a different vantage point, His own. And here, as Jesus prays, He is transfigured in front of them. They have never seen anything like this before. Moses was the first to stand before this light of God and no one could see His face, when He came out, because He was so radiant they are completely overcome by this light. Only Peter is still speaking, which means that he is trying to understand everything on his terms, from his point of view. But when you have an experience like this, it is something you just receive, it is not something you can process with your mind. Which is why the Father cuts him off, simply saying-listen to him. But Jesus is not saying anything, he is simply pouring out his light into his disciples. All of this is an experience of prayer, as Luke takes pains to point out. It is in our prayer that we encounter this light of God, which God wants to pour into our lives. It is in our prayer that God can free our hearts from all the sadness and fears that grip us. It is here that we can come alive once again. What is this light? This light is the love of God, the love between the Father and the Son, in other words, it is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. This is the light that Jesus already possessed as his own, by virtue of being the Son of God. But now there is something different, this light pours out of his body. As man, it is because Jesus was filled with this light, the love of his Father, that he could be fearless in front of his cross. He could love those who tortured him, even to the end. When this light is poured into us, our hearts become free, we are transformed. Through Jesus' humanity, this light of God's glory becomes ours too. And in Jesus' glorified body, we see our own. This is the glory our bodies are destined for. The power, the love, and the light of God pouring out of us, even now, in this life. This was the experience of all the saints. They found that even their bodies started to glow with the love of God. Saint Seraphim of Sarov People who met Mother Teresa always remarked how, it seemed that even her skin was glowing and radiant with light. One of the most famous incidents of this nature is recorded of the great Russian mystic, Saint Seraphim of Sarov. When asked to explain what it means to be in the spirit by his disciple, he simply changed, and became dazzling like the sun and his clothes like lightning so that his disciple was not even able to gaze at his face. Where do we receive this light? Firstly, here, in the Eucharist. We don't need to fully comprehend what God's doing here, we just need to receive. He comes to pour his own life into our hearts. But for this Eucharist to have its full effect in our lives, there is something even more fundamental we need, prayer. It is here that God is waiting to pour out his gifts into our lives. If we close this door, Teresa of Avila used to say, we close the door on what God wants to give us. Lent is a great time to begin again. Maybe if your prayer life has not been great, start now. God is waiting to take us up to the mountaintop, here we can be renewed. Here, we can be transformed by the goodness of His glory.